Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Blues have returned home from the bubble in Edmonton after being eliminated by the Vancouver Canucks on Friday night. And the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joins us now in the Blues booth on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, good morning. How are you? Uh, Good, Randy. How are you, Michelle, doing today? Everything's good here. Well, let's start with this. What happened? What What do you think the big key was for the Blues not getting out of the first round? You know, I, I hard for me to say it having not been up there, but just kind of how I'm reading some tea leaves and stuff. Uh, I don't think that our that the Blues reacted well to the bubble. I they never really looked uh, together. They never really looked all gelled. Uh, they, they never really looked like, uh, except for you know some odd periods here and there that they came out you know as one. And when I'm when I'm watching even some of these round two games. And you see just the, the, the togetherness of, of the group. Um, shockingly, to be honest with you, because I thought that the, the, the tightness of this Blues group and how they were, I, I, I thought that they would be well-suited. And, and, and actually, I thought it might be an advantage, the bubble situation and, and what they had gone through. Turns out it did not. And, uh, and I think that's a, a big part of it, uh, at least in terms of one of the reasons why the team just never looked right. Curbs, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but when the Blues entered this situation saying, hey, we don't really care about seeding, we just want to kind of get ourselves acclimated to this environment and get our game back in the round-robin play, and then we'll ratchet it up a notch, that obviously didn't seem to be beneficial for them. Do you think that that was something that contributed to what we saw in the first round with the Blues? Yeah, you know what, I, I never talked to one guy that actually that, that said that. You know, I, I when I talked to Alexander Steen and other players, you know, I, I, they whether the attitude or something was different, they said the right things. I mean, they said, no, these, these games are important. I mean, Alex Petrangelo was very direct with, with us when when he when he said that, you know, look, look you know, any advantage we can get, you know, for the first round is going to be important. And that proved to be very true because they got no advantage and may have wound up with the hardest of matchups that they could have had for themselves. Now, I still like that matchup. I still think if the Blues played their game, they win that. But in the end, they just didn't get the goaltending they needed. That was a major factor in in, in this first round. H- having said that, where where you are right, Michelle, is they just couldn't ramp it up. Um, and so I, I think I think where they did fall victim was they fell victim to the uh, they fell victim to the format itself. Which uh, understand this isn't me making an excuse. This is just uh, I, I think I think a reality on that hindsight. They they fell victim to the the fact that only playing the three games over the first two weeks and and maybe in the back of their head knowing that it doesn't really matter, uh, no matter what they said, uh, probably hurt them a little bit. The, the, the overall approach uh, just 
just didn't seem to click with them, and 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 it hurt them. And you know, I, listen, I don't know about you guys. Not, nothing seems to frustrate me more when your team gets knocked out of the playoffs. You know, for whatever reason, in this case, it'd be Jacob Markstrom, right? And then Vegas goes in and lights him up yeah, for right. five, and then says, should, he, should he come out for the fifth? And I'm sitting, I'm looking at my wife, going, "Well, you know what? This is why I just don't watch right away after we get eliminated because I get so mad watching that happen." <laughs> you know, but uh, but so I, 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 you know, look in the end, in the end, they they didn't get the goaltending they needed. Uh, the special teams weren't very good at the beginning of the series. It, it's them. They put themselves in too deep of a hole to dig out of, and and when you do that. You you allow for injuries and and goaltenders and other factors to play a larger role in the series, and that's that that's exactly what happened in, in round one. Yeah, I'm with you, Curbs, and I think it probably goes back to when the league announced the pod format, and Doug Armstrong came on our show and said, "Yeah, we, it really doesn't matter where we're seated." And then they allow the players kind of to set their own schedule for training camp, and it wasn't really firm, and it looked like they were preparing to ease in, and we all bought in because this is a team that, that has been given ownership, and they, they did understand, heck, throughout the, the stretch run of 2019, the players basically set the schedule. But when the players set the schedule this time, you look at the way the Blues reacted, and then the way that in the round robin you saw Colorado and uh, and Vegas specifically react, they looked like different teams. Yeah, you know that's a, that's a great point, Randy, and I and I, I forgot about that. You know, when, when I was when I when I answered Michelle's question, I talked about the players uh, telling telling us that the things mattered. You're right, Doug Armstrong was one that said it, it didn't really matter. Um, you know, so yeah maybe that maybe that permeated down a little bit maybe they they were saying the right things to us, but internally um you know it was it was something different that was being said uh i i you know it, look they something didn't click, and we knew right off the bat we, and we talked about it just you know the three of us on these shows like it, we we felt that the team that handled this situation the best, that, that that could handle the mental aspects of the bubble the best, are going to give them a chance. And surprisingly to me, the Blues just didn't. The Blues didn't, and they couldn't. And then you got it. I listen. I've always give credit to another team of professional athletes trying to do the same job, and I credit the the Vancouver Canucks, you know, for beating the Blues that way. Um, and and, that, and that's the shame of it. Now, now when you really break it down too, though. And look at it a little bit differently. There was no Vladimir Tarasenko, no Alexander Steen, mm-hmm. you know, no Carl Gunnarsson, just even from the lineup in there. You compare it to the year before, and you add the fact that there's there's no Jay Bowmeister, there's no Pat Maroon, there was no Joel Edmondson. You ended up with seven or eight guys. It, it ended up being, in this year's playoffs, a very different team. You take seven players off that championship team, and it is a different dynamic. And I don't think that that's something that necessarily should be overlooked here. Because what you were relying on, and we knew this was going to be the case, you were relying on some of those younger players to really make an impact. And they're either A, not ready, or who knows if they will be able to make an impact. Uh, and, and they didn't. You know, Vince Dunn was very quiet in this series when you needed the skating ability of him to combat them. Uh, you know, Jordan Cairo looked okay at times, but looked really young at other times. I thought Zach Sanford uh, competed and played well. You know, that, that was okay. Sammy Boy got injured in part of this series, and there there wasn't enough impact from some of those younger guys. And and there, there was just the the depth of the roster did not, in my opinion, really shine through in this series. 
Curbs, you mentioned that the Blues didn't get the goaltending that they needed. And specific to Jordan Bennington, when you diagnosed what you saw out of him in the bubble, why do you think he struggled? Well, I couldn't. I have no idea. Um, it's a great question. I'm not trying to skirt it. I literally have no idea. It was, uh, I really actually thought, I thought that his, I wonder if, I wonder if this, I mean, this is a complete hypothesis here, okay? I don't think the Blues play in front of him in the round-robin games that he played was very good. I think it caused him to have to scramble more. Um, and, and I thought he actually played pretty well. I thought he made some – there was one game where I thought he was our best player and we still allowed three goals. Having said that, I, I wonder if that crept some habits in that he couldn't recover from in the first round against Vancouver. Um, so what, when, when the goaltending looked decent, the play wasn't and vice versa. You know, and I mean, and even even Jake came in, played two really good games, and then had a tough one. You know, and and so uh, it's it's harsh, you know, but you have to look at goaltending as one of the reasons for the failure in the first round of the playoffs. And you, you know, in, internally, you know, your players and stuff are not going to say that, you know, because like I just I just rolled off some names, and I didn't even get into some of the errors from the veteran guys, right? But but in the end, you know, it, it, Jordan Bennington. And Jake Allen uh, proved the di- well, what a difference maker and a goaltender could be. And Joey, I thought Joey Vitale put it best in our post-game show, guys. He goes, look, I don't know why Jordan Bennington was able to make that save in Game 7 on Marchand. I don't know why Jordan Bennington made, you know, that, that amazing pad save on Nordstrom, you know, in the second period up 2 nothing in Game 7, and then the saves were made here. But it does show you the difference of what those timely saves mean and, and how they win you hockey games and then how difficult it is to win when you're not getting that. Curbs, spinning it forward, I have mentally prepared myself for the Blues being without Alex Petrangelo for, from now on. As you look at the group, and we, we've never seen Perunovic play, we've seen a little bit of Mikola, but are you comfortable with the talent that the Blues have on the blue line for them to be competitive for a Stanley Cup without Petro? I'm a lot more comfortable in that thought with him, which doesn't answer your question, um, I guess, directly. I, I, would, I would say at this moment I'd be, I'd be really skeptical. I mean, uh, in, in terms of just, the, again, the overall depth. It, look, if, if a Perunovic comes in and has a Kale McCarr caliber impact, I'll, I'll feel a lot better. I'm... You know, I, I I'm concerned about some of the inconsistencies still with Vince Dunn. Um, you know, Pareko and Scandella looked human in this first round. I don't know if uh, there were other issues uh, ailing Pareko. Um, you know, but but his play looked off enough that it does make me wonder, uh, having seen enough. Right, uh, I, Randy. I actually I wonder if if the way things went this time almost reemphasizes. Hey, we got to find a way to sign. Petrangelo, you know, uh, and and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm, I'm curious. I there for us for the St. Louis Blues to be able to absorb Alex Petrangelo leaving. The reality of it is is when you are switching Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo on a regular basis, you're going to need more consistency out of Justin Falk. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a lot more consistency as well out of Vince Dunn. You're going to have to have one of those guys like a Prunovich come in and be impactful because you're going to have to have one of those guys. Some of those guys are going to have to be better than what you were getting from Gunnarsson or Bertuzzo if those two were interchangeable parts, if that makes any sense. And so, I, yeah, I think 
I think if he does leave, it's going to leave some real question marks, and you're going to need some real growth and consistency from some guys. Yeah, it should be an interesting off season. We used to say interesting summer. Now we just say an interesting off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? We can call it a fun fall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're right. Curbs, you've been great with us. We do appreciate it. Your time every Monday here on Carriker and Smallman. I'm sure that we'll talk as the off season unfolds, but uh, enjoy yourself now. Yeah, we will. Uh, good luck to all the uh, moms and dads and all the kids out there starting school, a lot of them virtually. So, uh, yeah, hang in there, take a positive attitude, and uh, and, and things, things will work out fine both uh, in the hockey world and in the school world. Absolutely. Curbs, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, guys. Have a great day. See ya. That is the Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber, and that's our Blues booth.